Hello and welcome to the Managing Uncertainty Podcast. This is Brian Strauser, Principal and Chief Executive here at BrightPath. This is Bray Wheeler, Senior Consultant here at BrightPath. And we're back together again for episode 166. Now that Bray's been coming to the office more regularly because President Biden said COVID is over. Right. I get to come back now. <laughs> I get to come bother everybody in the office. So one of the questions that the question we want to address in this episode, I should say, is one that we've been talking about with a couple of, of newer, more recent clients over the last few months. And that is, what is a crisis? What is our definition of a crisis? The always nebulous question of what is a crisis? And it gets confusing because, you know, take in um, with some organizations, like we're seeing with a couple of our recent clients, they're large, complex companies doing multi-billions of dollars in business. So they have clearly had crises. crises. They, in this case, um, the one we're kind of using as our example here, they've had a pretty major crisis that resulted in loss of life yep. at, at one point in a, in a few years ago. They have incidents and they have what we would think of are probably events like alarms or leading indicators of something that is going on. Yeah. The Aside from the normal day-to-day challenges, the things that feel less good or are a little bit more engaged mm-hmm. within the organization that need some different eyes on something. So when we have organizations like this, we usually lead them through a process about really defining what is a what is a crisis? What are we going, whatever the crisis management process is they're going to have for the company at an enterprise level, we help them kind of differentiate between, you know, what's an event, what is an incident that's being managed by a business unit or a, a site, and then what's really a crisis? What does that corporate crisis management team, that enterprise crisis management team and the executives, what do they need to be involved in? Yeah, I mean, these these definitions are always the, they're sort of the cornerstone of anything that the organization is going to do as they lay out their strategy for things. Because in this particular case, there is an operations center that is sort of triaging that kind of differentiation of incidents. Some organizations don't have that. We have another client that has gone a different route and sort of established a sort of a brain trust of key folks to evaluate you know, and what makes is, that decision. What is an incident versus what is a crisis? And the implication of that, to your point, is: Are we activating our resources to go manage that crisis, or is it simply applying particular resources against an incident because that's all that's needed? And there's no there's no right answer no. to this, right? I mean, we we help a number of clients with regulatory compliance issues from financial institutions with the FFIC guidelines to uh, healthcare organizations that are dealing with HIPAA to companies that accept credit cards. So they've got PCI issues or they're doing health security. So they've got high trust, direct trust, ENAC, you know, some of these things that are out there. And then of course there's the NIST cybersecurity framework and other things that folks use. None of those are so prescriptive to say you have to manage a crisis in this way. What they call for, though, is that you have to have a defined way, and they usually refer to an incident rather than a crisis. Right. But you have to have a defined way to manage the crisis, right? So you can, there's no right answer. There's no cookie cutter approach to this. And we've definitely taken some different approaches with different organizations based on 
how are they set up? What's their culture? How, how do they make these decisions today? Well, and that's to your point, there's a lot of gray space in defining these things. Everybody defines it a little bit differently. We even have some kind of varying definitions when we kind of get into the kind of minutia of a particular organization or the way that they establish their sort of their severity level as they're defining these things. I mean, we we take sort of a couple different definitions of crisis, but sort of our our main one, and I'll just kind of share it, that really this definition is that distinction between that incident and kind of that that situation that's now escalated and they're activating their, their crisis management their team. cross-functional team. Yep. So really the way that we look at it is it's an incident with a broad or operational impact that poses harm to the organization's people, assets, reputation, infrastructure, and or inhibits the execution of critical processes. These incidents require a 24 by 7 centralized, coordinated response to effectively resolve the situation and mitigate cascading consequences. So it's really those kind of it's sort of the entry level crisis things where it's this is broad operational impact. It's things like hurricanes or a loss of a key facility or disruptive protest or unrest somewhere that's inhibiting operations or serious medical issues or you know violence. There's harm to people, known harm to people. Um, Could it also be a technology outage? Technology outage, loss of a senior executive, uh, some sort of scandal, legal, regulatory malfeasance. Malfeasance. What a great word. Um, you know, it's <laughs> it's things like that that don't necessarily harm the strategic outlook of the organization, but are definitely having an operational impact. And that's sort of where we distinguish between kind of this this crisis level and that kind of next level of crisis. Yeah, because this out. is only. You know, if you think about the, uh, kind of a four-stop scale here, right, where four is the routine incident. It's the daily thing. This, yeah, that's the daily thing, right? This is really you're at that level two or severity two or yellow, if you want to call it that. Yeah. In a red, yellow, green scale. This is a major disruption. It's a crisis. It probably doesn't threaten the survivability of the organization. Right. And I think that's the key, that's sort of the key bucket is it's big enough that the organization can't function as normal, but the long-term survival of the organization isn't at risk. Whereas, but it can get worse, right? But it can always get worse. So at the top of your pyramid or so here is what you define as a critical disruption. And what what is that? So this one, and often used in the definitions, but I think is really apropos is the novel piece. So it's a novel or extreme impact crisis that requires significant resources to address the consequential and potentially material impacts to the organization. These crises require, again, a 24 by seven centralized coordinated response, both operationally and strategically. So it there's a couple key distinguishing features in there is it's that consequential and potentially material and it's deriving both an operational and a strategic element. So not only is your crisis management team involved, your executive team is probably involved. If not potentially portions of the board that are sort of responsible for these things or the board itself. So it it is the directionally challenging event to the organization. You mentioned um, as the as an example for this in the uh, 
in our kind of standard severity levels that we use as a starting point, you mentioned active shooter. Of course, the tactical elements of an active shooter situation are really not a critical disruption to the organization. And I don't mean to be, I don't mean for that to sound callous. The moment by moment reaction there is being right. driven by your security team and your crisis management team is, is, you know, going to activate and kind of manage that initial response. But the big issues around an active shooter incident that has occurred are really about reputation and about helping the company, helping your employees and your visitors. The culture feel of the safe. Or, the, the culture, culture of, of the organization. organization. <clears throat> and that's that's really where that's why that one is so distinguishing. Cause you can have, you know, in our past lives and in, in a retail environment, you can have a guest shoot tragically another guest in the location. And that is it's big. It's mm-hmm. potentially national headline making event. Probably not directionally challenging to the organization provided you don't screw it up but womp like the active shooter uh the mass killing at the walmart in el paso texas uh, two years ago big deal big deal big deal um because it threatened walmart's reputation walmart sold firearms and ammunition and it created a lot of reputational challenges for them that they had to work through plus they wanted to look at their own response like they thought they could do some things better it's that it's the cascading, what we call the cascading consequences mm-hmm. element of this, where if you're not doing something right or that situation has different dynamics at play that potentially influence or veer off into different sort of tentacles, <clears throat> that that's the, those are the incidents that really require that, that thoughtful centralized response because something that happens in a, sort of in a local spot can very much grow into a national mm-hmm. and a broad, organi- broad organization. <clears throat> Another example that you have here for a critical disruption, this level one severity one crisis, the red crisis, the big dog, the big dog. Um, you mentioned data breach or a major ransomware incident. And again, I think this is a good example where your crisis management team or you may have a data incident response team that has slightly different makeup for organizational reasons they're running the day-to-day right they're making the a lot of the strategic and tactical decisions but the executives are intimately involved what are they involved in in these situations like that what are the decisions they're making versus the crisis team that's that's sort of where we've carved out in a, in a lot of the ways that we've structured these crisis management teams is around those strategic decisions. It's around that big resource or capital out allocation. So in these cases, in a data breach ransomware, it's the do we pay the ransom? And that's doesn't really matter probably what the amount is unless an organization has sort of specified that, you know, hey, we pay ransoms at this level. I don't know why you do that, but if they happen to do that. But for the most part, those executives are involved in those conversations regardless of the amount. The other piece is the reputational component of this, and that's the strategic reputation of the organization. How are we going to handle our response to a situation like this, especially if it's unique or the first one that they've had to tackle? that there is no precedent sort of within the organization, they have to be involved in that. There are major implications to to the way the organization moves forward because of not only penalties 
from a regulatory and compliance aspect, but just reputationally, mm-hmm. those penalties. There's a lot of opportunities there. Let's let's think about, or let's walk through this from bottom to top, and we're going to share this as a part of this episode. But yeah, at the bottom, um, I think which we, you know, in our in our static version of this, our normal version of this, we the one we give away, we call it a level four. It's a routine incident or event. What what is this? Those are those. I think, like we mentioned, it's the normal day to day challenge. It's the hey, the assembly line conveyor broke. Okay, well, that probably shut down operations for a little bit, but that's that's normal course of business problem. Mm-hmm. And so there's procedures and there's sort of timing and an understanding of, yeah, we got to repair that. And here's who we call to repair that. Those are those challenges or a media inquiry for a regular business type issue or a customer right. complaint on social media. Right. I got a phishing email. I've got a monitoring alert on something that has happened, yep. uh, an alarm on a production system, uh, an information security alarm. There's dozens a of A false fire alarm. A false fire alarm. Great example. You know, it's things like that where it doesn't require any escalation it, or it is being escalated, but just sort of within that business unit, team, mm-hmm. department, or that location that, hey, it don't worry about it, it's a false fire alarm, mm-hmm. or yep, we know we got the repair guy coming to fix the elevator. Mm-hmm. Whatever the case is, it's that normal day-to-day challenge. And the reason we include that, I think it's important because a lot of times everybody wants to jump to the thing where they gotta take action to, and we have to recognize that, like, look, every day there's all sorts of challenges and incidents, or, or I should say challenges or events that are happening within, organ- within the organization and teams can handle those. We're not trying to take away power from those business processes or those teams because it makes sense for them to handle it. But when we get into kind of that next level, that level three or the green element of this, that's really where we start to see, okay, this has the potential to escalate. This has complications or requirements from a notification standpoint. So the way that we sort of describe an incident is it's a disruption to normal operations within an area or areas of the business requiring mandatory notification to apply appropriate support and prevent the incident from escalating to a crisis. So you've moved to level three. We're kind of talking about the green. Yep. We moved up from events and now we're in an incident, an yep. escalating incident. Escalating incident. And that's that's really the key piece is this has the potential to continue to move or has serious enough implications that people people might find it on the news mm-hmm. and we don't want to catch anybody off guard with finding out via news rather than within the organization. So it might depend on, you know, how your organization is structured to deal with some things, yep. right? But this could be um, you know, you've had a fire at a location but the fire's over. So I think the example that uh, you were using with me in the office yesterday was all right, so if you have a fire in your employee lounge and it's out because you sprayed the burning microwave with a fire extinguisher and the fire's out, but you got some damage to deal with. We want people to know about that, but the crisis, the incident in yeah. this case is really over, right? We've It's resolved. That location may need some support and they might need facilities help. They might need a media message, maybe not for a microwave, but... You know, they might need right. some talking points for their team or, you know, they may need some support from some other corporate functions, but the incident itself is done. It's over. It, I mean, there's some, reco- to your point, there's some recovery elements probably to it and some other teams that need to be involved, but for the most part, it's it's done. It, 
those are the things that people need to be aware of, but not necessarily take action against. You know, another piece is, you know, what if it's a, and a key application is offline and that, that application is central to the way that, you know, clients or customers interact with the company, or it's a, you know, key service that they're, they're subscribing to that they've purchased and it's offline. Well, there's probably some response to that, but there's probably some kind of capabilities and some processes in place to help manage through that. Customer care lines are able to sort of give some holding statements or some direction around sort of what's either what's happening or what those customers or clients need to do to kind of work around the issue for the time being. But there's probably a window for that to sunset. It's a typical thing. It mm-hmm. breaks for a couple hours until we can reboot a system or put the backup into into play and we can kind of keep going. The data loss is minimal. The It's more of an inconvenience than anything. But it, it's not a big event where anything's mm-hmm. there's data loss or there's malfeasance. And then from there, we go to the level two crisis that we spoke about earlier. That's yep. kind of your normal, hate to say normal, but it's kind of your normal crisis where you're activating that crisis management team and they're dealing with that. And then you have the rare event above this, the red crisis, where executives are more directly involved in making some decisions. But the CM, we always have the corporate, crisis, the corporate crisis management team, the CMT, really runs the day-to-day. Executives yep. just participate in certain decisions in most of these situations. Yeah. It's the other end of the extreme from that day-to-day challenge to the this is – impactful historically consequential to the organization at that level one red and i think the last point i would want to make around this before we wrap things up is it doesn't really matter what you call all of these things as long as you have some terms that you've defined and the organization as a whole is using them consistently yeah, their subscription to those definitions makes all the difference, especially when you look at that sort of the challenges and the nuances in moving from a level three or that kind of escalating incident to a level two and what defines that move and that activation, that sort of escalation of your response. It's really important to have clear definition around that crisis and incident, but also in why are we doing that? And oftentimes we, we always tell clients over respond, but don't overreact. Don't overreact. So go up a level, get together, talk about it and go, yeah, we're all in agreement that this probably isn't going to go anywhere, but it's good that we got together and made sure that our I's are dotted and our T's are crossed mm-hmm. to use the old proverb, but that we can sort of walk that back down. And that's part of the culture too, that mm-hmm. We are going to have these meetings to determine, though, you know, make sure we have our definitions right and we can always walk it back or walk it up. And we want to align those definitions to how the rest of the company talks about this, Right. right? We had a client a few years ago where one of the things we found early in working with them is that they had defined their crises where a level one crisis, as they called it, that was the red crisis, right? The bad. That was the bad one. But they're a technology company. But when you went over to the IT side of the house, the product side of the house, and you took a look at how they thought about um, production systems incidents, things that disrupted their products, the very thing that they made money on, their idea of the red crisis was a severity four. And so the numbers were flipped. 
And then actually when you talk to the InfoSec team, they were, I think, on the same alignment as the crisis team was. They yep. were One was like the massive career-ending data breach. So we had to have some conversation about if we're going to do this right, we got to get somebody's got to yield here. And we're going to have to re-educate the organization on what's the big deal. Is it level one or is it level four? Right. And, and are we calling it level? Are we calling it severity? severity? Are is we it calling a, it, is it priority? Incident? Is it a crisis? Tier? You know, the, what you call it sort of matters too, even though it's inconsequential. Right. That alignment of what you call it, to your point, and is we, critical. And we had another client uh, early on, six or seven years ago, that they did not want to call something a crisis. They no. built not an enterprise crisis management process, but an enterprise event management process. And we had the discussion with them about, you know, events are in the industry standards and the literature. Events are usually not a big deal. But they they didn't want to say emergency, which we didn't want them to say emergency. But they also didn't want to use the word crisis, right? They thought of it as an event. And so they landed on that, and that's what they rolled out. And then two years later, they went to crisis management, which was the better place for them to be. Correct. But the lesson there is it doesn't matter what you call things. Just get the definitions consistent across the organization as a part of putting this kind of strategy together. Yep. No, I couldn't agree more because having that common understanding has implications. And I think sort of bringing it back to sort of the, the origin example that we're using from a client standpoint, really that sets the tone of when you outline what that master severity level is, it allows you to start getting more nuanced into how, you know, as a, operations center, you're going to start thinking about how you manage and triage incidents that are coming into you and what sort of escalates up, what goes down, what can you sort of challenge back to the organization and say, isn't that an everyday problem? Why is this different? And being able to have those thoughtful conversations within the organization and, you know, applying your resources appropriately and engaging the team. So you're not getting burnout from Mm -hmm. the teams that you need to respond because you're activating them every single time, kind of the extreme over respond. Mm-hmm. Um, but really having those thoughtful conversations around how, how do we navigate this? How do we build that culture within the organization? And it really starts with defining some of these core aspects. So you can download our model severity levels we typically use for a starting point for this on our website for free. There'll be a link in this podcast episode's description. That's it for this edition of the Managing Uncertainty Podcast. We'll be back next week with another new episode. Be well.